Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to go right back to our text in the last couple weeks and Colossians chapter 2 and uh, just kind of finish up with that today. I really felt that uh, there was something more there at that scripture that the Lord wanted to add and uh, to what we've been talking about and preaching about and sharing about. Amen. Today, you know, uh, I had talked to my son, you know, I remember those dreams. You remember those dreams when you were a kid, you know, going to school without your pants on. You remember that, right? So a bad dream for a pastor would be coming up here and your mind is blank. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Anyways, but it's one of those dreams you have and you're just like, oh my word, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot it was Sunday. It was one of those bad dreams. So, uh, But we're going we're gonna to just really get through this and share today. But more importantly, we just wanted to um, focus on the Lord today. We want to focus on his word today. Amen. And uh, before we get into the scripture, maybe we can just have a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity of coming together once again in your name. Lord, where, you're, where people are gathered in your name, Lord, you are glorified. Lord, amazing things happen. Our joy is full. And God, your word is expressed to our hearts today. So Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would just use me as just a vessel and I need your help today. I don't want that bad dream to come true today. But Lord, I just pray that you would just, Lord, inspire us as we get into your word. And as we do get into your word, your word would get into us today. That when we leave this place, we can honestly say that God has spoke to me and I'm going to be changed from here on out. Lord, we just thank you for it and give you the praise and glory. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 11, reading out of the uh, NIV. Colossians chapter 2 in verse 11, we've focused on verse 14 and 15 the last couple of weeks in verse 11. In Jesus, in him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. In other words, an operation of God, but it was a picture of what happened in the Old Testament. Verse 12, buried with Jesus, or him, in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who... Um, who raised him from the dead, or raised Jesus from the dead, in verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and, on the, in the, uh, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all of your trespasses. Then uh, two weeks ago we talked about verse 14, that he took all those writings of the ordinances that were against us, all the sins that were against us, and nailed them to the cross. How many love the Lord for that? Amen. And thank you for that. And then we talked about uh, last week, we really talked about how that in the Old Testament there was the sprinkling of the blood and that Jesus had shed his blood seven times uh, during that um, course of his crucifixion for the forgiveness of our sins, for the cleansing of our sins. Amen. And today I want to focus on this uh, verse um, 12, it says that we are buried with him in baptism. I want to talk to you about being buried with Christ. We are buried with him in baptism. Jesus died, was buried, but rose again. This is the core of the Christian faith. This is what we put our faith in and our trust in. Absolute trust and faith in this uh, uh, really this principle or this, this core of belief or we could say this doctrine, right? Amen? How many believe that? Jesus died. And we also see that this is so apparent that there is the cross, there is the grave, and there is the empty tomb. Amen? How many know you can't separate the cross from the grave? Not two different things, two separate things. You can't separate it. It is, it is the cross, it is the grave, and it is the 
empty tomb. This is the core of our faith and the foundation of our faith. Can you say amen? And also we see the correlation of, of salvation and the plan of salvation. In Acts 2.38, Peter uh, stood up and he preached and they asked him, what must we do to be saved? And what did he say? He said, you need to repent, be baptized, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many know there's a, there's, a, there's a cross, there's the grave, and there's an empty tomb? You need to repent, be baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost. How many can lift your hand to heaven today uh, with assurance and say, I've been saved I've been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Old timers just say, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the fire. Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you know, someone said that Jesus died that we might live. I believe in that. I believe that's the scope of everything. Jesus died that we may live. But how many believe that really, in, in all reality, if we look at the scriptures, it is Jesus died so that we could die? Hello? Jesus lived so that we can live. Amen. And without that death, burial, and resurrection, amen, that we can't say that we're truly his disciples so that we really understand what salvation is about. And so Jesus might have died that we might live. That's the overall scope of things. But how many Neil? No, Jesus died so that we can die. Amen. So the death and burial of Jesus is the immersion in water for us. And the resurrection of Jesus is the new life in Christ for us. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? And so there is that. And so we know that resurrection happens before death or after death. So there is that death and then there is that resurrection. And so Paul is saying here of what Jesus did through the cross and through the grave and the empty tomb is that there was a circumcision without hands. God did this work, but you were buried with him in baptism. And he talked about how that this was the forgiveness and the, for, he has forgiven us all our trespasses. And so we see clearly there's principles here and clearly there are pictures here of what Jesus did at Calvary and what God wants to do in our life. Romans chapter 6 verse 5 says that for if we've been planted together in the likeness of Jesus' death, he shall, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. And so we're buried with him to live in him. Hallelujah. That's forgiveness and new life. And I just want to say this, that if you really have uh, put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, you must be baptized. Two people, that's awesome. So if you put your faith in Jesus for salvation, you must be baptized. Matthew 16, 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. Turn with me to John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, Jesus makes this very, very clear when he says this account. And then he gives this dialogue. He says in John 3, 3, that this man came to Jesus and said, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? When he's old? How can he enter the uh, second time his mother's womb? Is that what he has to do to be born again? Jesus said in verse 5, Of a truth, he said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Of God. Amen. How many know if you put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, you've got to be baptized in water? Amen. Baptism in water is what we see that Paul is talking about here. You're buried with him in baptism. You're buried with him. 
So there's a few things that I want to make really clear today. That baptism is this. It is the physical and the, and the spiritual work, right? It's a physical and spiritual work um, that happens through our public profession of faith in Jesus and allegiance to him. All right, so let me say it again. So baptism is that physical and spiritual work that happens, right, through that, that public profession of faith in Jesus and allegiance to him. That's what happens, amen? So how many now can I can say I've been baptized, right? Okay, if you haven't been, we'd love, 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 love to take care of that. In fact, next week we're having a baptismal service after church. Hopefully you can put your, your name on that list, amen, by the time service is over. And so we see here is that, that physical act. Let me just go through this in, the, in that spiritual work. But is that physical act because it is that uh, act of love and faith towards God. That's called obedience. And Jesus commands that we are to be baptized. He not only commanded, but he gave us an example of that. And so this is a command from the Lord. One of the things that is a deep conviction of mine is that baptism is not a side issue in the Christian life. Baptism is not something that is a meaningless act that we do. We turn it into a tradition. Many people say that it's, a, you know, it's an outward sign of an inward work. And, and next thing you know, it just becomes some add-on feature in your life. It just becomes some accessory that if you have extra money, you can get this add-on. You can get this accessory. How many know it is foundational in the Christian life that we are baptized? Amen. It is foundational and scriptural that it is uh, and crucial that we are baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ in water. Amen. And so it is that physical act of love and faith towards God. And so when someone says, yes, I believe in Jesus, how many know that's, that's good, but you've got to receive Jesus? Amen. So it's not just believing in Jesus, but it's receiving Jesus as well. And so many people that believe that uh, it's, you know, baptism is, is uh, kind of a sacrament. But how many know baptism is not a sacrament, it is an ordinance. There's a difference. We're talking about theological uh, terms now. And so, see, because a sacrament would be something that we would have to do in order for, to get these special favors from God or these special blessings from the Lord. But an ordinance is something that is ordered by authority. See, baptism is something that Jesus commanded us to do. You've got to be saved and baptized. Peter echoed this, echoed this when he preached the gospel and someone said, what do we have to do to be saved? He said, what? Repent and be baptized. He didn't say, if you want to, he said, and be baptized for the removal of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So it's not that side issue. It's not a sacrament. It's an ordinance. And one of the things I just want to show you real clear in these scriptures of the text that we read is that burial with Jesus or burial with Christ is both physical and a spiritual operation. Again, it's a physical act and it's a spiritual work. Amen. So it is that physical and spiritual operation that we see in scriptures. The physical part of it aspect is, is that we're immersed in water. Amen. That's the physical aspect of it because it's just like being buried with Christ. How many know when Jesus was buried, he was wrapped, right? He was wrapped up. He was put in a tomb. And a lot of times, and we know what baptism or uh, burial is. Burial is what? You're putting someone in the ground, right? So that's what that picture of a baptism is, is that immersion or that that. Uh, submersion in Jesus or in uh, Christ. And so the spiritual aspect is it is that we become dead to sin and we get new life. 
The Bible says that you are buried with him and, and like that, that sin body is buried. And then when you come out of that water, there is a new nature that is the new life of Christ Jesus. Amen. And so that's what it is. And so how many know it's not just enough to believe in Jesus? You have to live in Jesus. Hello. It's not just enough to believe in Jesus. You've got to live in Jesus. And, and, I've, and I've seen it so clear that pouring water on someone's head or sprinkling is not a sign of burial. You have to be immersed. You have to be put in the tomb. Nobody puts just your foot in a tomb and in the grave. That, we know that, Right? It doesn't happen that way. And so it's not just enough to do that. That's not, that's not what it means. It means to be overwhelmed, to become fully wet. It's like when you, you and you, you know, it means, this word means a stain or a dye. Like if you're going to take a material and you're going to dye it and you're going to stain it, what do you have to do? You've got to dip it. Amen. How many have been dipped? Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's what it means. And so that's what we see that picture is, that full picture of immersion in water. When you talk to somebody at work and say, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm born again. I got saved, uh, you know, several years ago. And, and we just say, hey, when were you baptized? Did you get baptized in water? Well, I, I don't know about that. And so you see that we, we've got to have the full story. We've got to have the full gospel. We've got to have the full message. Come on. And that whole plan of salvation has got to be in our lives. Amen. And so that's what it means. Let's turn to Romans chapter 6. For some of us, this is uh, really basic, but I hope that you're still fired up over the basic stuff. Amen. But Romans chapter 6 in verse 3. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism underwater in that, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if you have been united with Jesus in a death like this of his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Verse 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, right? Rendered powerless, that's what it means, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So what dies? That is that body of sin. That is that part of us that before Christ we have lived in sin. The part that Jesus nailed to the cross, the part that Jesus bled and died for, that part of us, that sinful nature or that sinful person, come on, Jesus not just died for him, now we're saying we're putting him in the grave. We're putting that into silence to, to end it all. This is just to, 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 to rend sin's uh, power in our lives, useless or, or that won't have any power in our lives. That's what it means. And so when we're baptized, just like Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave when he came out of that tomb, guess what we defeat? Death, hell, and the grave in the body of sin. That that body of sin is destroyed. I love that about baptism. And so I love this also, this picture of water baptism and immersion in water. And that picture we have of Jesus being buried for three days in that tomb. Because water uh, baptism really uh, is essentially, in all of its meaning, in all of its form, whether it's physical or spiritual, is immersing ourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. Burying ourselves in him. So that it's no longer I that lives, but what? It's Christ that lives in me now. That's why Paul later on said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the real life that I live right now, come on, not like I did before, but I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and what? Gave himself for me. 
And so I'm crucified. How are we crucified with Christ? Well, I went to Jerusalem. I hung on this tree for six hours as much as I could. And, and No, that's not what it means. It means spiritually. And how we do that? We're in the watery grave. Amen. We're baptized in water. Amen. And that is the significance. And so this is what uh, happens. We trade our identity uh, for, for Jesus. And we, we become that new creature that he talks about. That new man. No, no longer are we bound by sin and, and uh, sickness and disease. Now we are uh, kind of like the Bible says that we have his nature. The righteousness and holiness of the Lord. Amen. And I love that about the body that we take on. Jesus is the new man that we take on. Jesus is the new man I become. The new man you become. How many know what I'm talking about? It's not a better you. It's not a new you. It's a resurrected you, by the way. It is Jesus Christ. He, he becomes the new man that I put on. Amen. That's why the Bible says that we put off the old nature, put off the old man, and we put on the new man created in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. You say, well, I've made a lot of mistakes this week. Hold on, we're getting to that. Amen. So, but, but notice this, it's believing in Jesus, it's identifying with him, and it's living his life through ours. Amen. And so I thought to myself, why is this such a command? Why, why is that a command? Why does the Lord command us to be baptized? Is it because, you know, we just need to uh, do more, more ceremonial things? We just need to know? I believe that, that because there is a work of God that needs to happen in our hearts, and there is a public witness that everyone needs to know who we belong to. Amen. Amen. You know, we don't understand this in the Western culture. We don't understand, especially in 2023. We don't get this as much as they got it when it was written. And in many cultures, it's still that way. You can have all kinds of gods. You can have all kinds of trinkets in your house and all idols and all these things and say that you believe in all these gods. But when you narrow it down to one and you say there's only one God and I'm committing myself to him and him alone, then there's a difference. Then there's a distinction. Now you're not just, I'm this and that. Now you're saying that that person that I belong to, I pledge my allegiance and they are God. Not a God, they are the God. They are the God of gods. They are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. They are God of all creation. They give life. They take life. They are God. And so when we're baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not just saying, I want to belong to this club. No, we're saying, I'm immersing myself into Jesus because he is God. Amen? Number one. Number two, he's forgiven my sins. He's the one that has cleansed me and forgiven me. Jesus gave us an example. Let's look real quick at his baptism. I love this about the Lord and really his, his uh, baptism. In, in Matthew chapter 3, and I'm going to skip around to some verses. The Bible says, I'm reading out of the NIV, the Bible says in chapter 1 and verse 2, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying this, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. In verses 5 and 6. And people went out to, to John the Baptist to hear him preach from Jerusalem and all Judea and all the whole region. That would be like, uh, you know, like 150 miles of Jordan. Confessing their sins and baptized by John in the Jordan River. In verses th uh, 13. And Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to de uh, deter him and say, I need to be baptized by you. And you came to me, Jesus said. Let it be so now. 
it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, and as soon as Jesus was baptized, the Bible says he came up out of the water. We know that he was under the water. Came up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open and saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and and, uh, landing on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, in whom I love, with him I am well pleased. How many know I believe that when we do it God's way, he's pleased with us. Amen. That's a side note. But we, we want to, I just want to focus on verse 15. He said to fulfill all righteousness. Have you ever read that and really not understood what it meant? It means it should be done. This has to be done, for we've got to carry out all that God requires to perform completely whatever is right. Amen. And so how many know this is part of baptism in water that we carry out, we fulfill the righteousness of God. All that God requires, all that God wants from us in order that we may please him. Come on. Have we forgotten that language? I don't know about that. So not only is it a physical act, but is it a spiritual work? And I just want to draw your attention and go back a little bit. Uh, The spiritual work, a spiritual work. How many know it's a spiritual work? I don't know about you, but I remember the day that I got baptized. How many remember that day? I remember that. I don't remember a lot of things, my wife will tell you. But I do remember the day I got baptized. And it was a miracle for me. It was like, it wasn't like, cool, uh, you know, I went into this lake and it was a little chilly and it was sunny out and everybody was there. We sung and we played guitars and it was cool. No, there was a miracle that happened. Like God, I had an encounter with God. I don't know if you, if you were there, but I, had any, I didn't just get wet. I mean, it's just like I was changed. Like, I, I, it was a miracle. It was, it was crazy, and a lot of people don't believe this, but it was a lake, it was kind of murky, and it was in the uh, spring, or no, it was in the fall, and it was early fall, I do remember. And so it was in the fall, and it was kind of a murky lake, and there was two guys that baptized me, and I'll never forget going under, and I had my eyes closed, and instantly I could see underwater. It was like everything was crystal clear. I could see the, the guy's feet beside me. It was like everything was in color. Everything was crystal clear. And the Lord was just letting me know, this is a miracle I'm doing in your life. Amen? It's a spiritual work that the Lord does. As Paul addresses it here and he talks about it, he's trying to describe what happens. He said, there's a circumcision that God does on the inside made without hands. I mean, it's a work of God. There is this forgiveness of sin that goes on and, and you can't see it on the outside, but man, it's going deep in your heart. It's changing your nature. How many know there's a spiritual work that happens when you get baptized? Amen. It's not just getting wet. It's not just some religious duty that we're doing, some meaningless tradition we're carrying on. There is life in it. Everything that God tells us to do, there's always life in it. When we take the communion, I mean, to you it might be bad juice in a crusty little, uh, you know, wafer. But to, to me, it's life, man. There's something in it. How many believe that? And so we have this spiritual work that happens in water baptism. Water baptism is, is in the significance of it in the scriptures, is that it is about repentance, holiness, and discipleship. Did you know that? The significance of water baptism is that, those three things, repentance, holiness, and discipleship. And it's part of repentance, I believe it clearly states in the Bible. See, the the blood of Jesus was shed for the forgiveness of sins, or the removal by cleansing. Removal by cleansing. Amen. Now we know that water baptism is the one that saves us and and saves our spirit or gives us uh, eternal life. But it really makes us right with God, doesn't it? And so I want to show you today that it is part of the work of repentance in our life. 
See, baptism is based on repentance and faith towards Jesus. Acts 2.38, again, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the removal or remission of sins. Where else do we see that? We see that that's what the blood of Jesus came to do. Jesus shed his blood, what? For the remission of sins. For the removal of sins. Then Peter's preaching and Jesus preaches it well as well that the shedding of blood is the remission of sin. Also, water baptism is for the remission of sin. Wow. Or because of it. Amen? Come on. Or as a result of it. That's what it means. And so he's talking about this and he's saying that baptism is based on repentance and faith toward Jesus Christ. And because of the forgiveness of the sins that we receive from Jesus. Or it's the result of the removal of sins. Repent and be baptized. It's the addition to along with this repentance. Come on. We need to do this. And this is cleansing that happens. And so baptism demonstrates that your sins really have been washed away. That's what it de- demonstrates. It really declares that my sins, I'm receiving the blood of Jesus, and my sins have been washed away because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Amen. Amen. Isn't that powerful? And guess what? When you're doing that, you think, well, this is great. I'm just telling my friends about this. There's a work going on in your heart. There's something going on on the inside. The Bible describes it. We'll get into it. But in Mark chapter 1 verses 4 and 5, the Bible says that John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance. The baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And all were baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. We already said 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And he talks about Christians and he's describing who you were before you met Jesus and what Jesus did at Calvary. Then he says this in verse 11. And such were some of you. But you now are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. I don't know about you, but I see death, burial, and resurrection right there. Hello. Amen. Repent, be baptized, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I see it all right there. But we see this in Scripture. And so it is the confession that we have, have repented before the Lord and that God has forgiven us because of the blood of Jesus. It's that public declaration, it's that public profession that I have received the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins. Amen. And it, and it confirms really what Jesus did at Calvary for me. That's what I'm doing. I'm confirming that. I'm saying, Lord, I don't just believe in it, I receive it. Amen. I'm confirming that in my life by being baptized. You know, baptism is really, as the Bible calls it, it is the fruit or evidence of repentance. Did you know that? said, well, how do, you, how do you know you're saved? Because I've repented. I've put my faith in Jesus Christ. I've repented of my sins. How do you know that you repented? Because I've been baptized. That's how I know I repented. That's how I know I'm forgiven. Because I put my faith in Jesus and I've been baptized in water. Amen. Hello. Anybody? It's, that's what the Bible says. Bring forth meat, fruits of repentance, is what John said. He says you've got to do things that are evidence that you really have trusted in Jesus Christ as a Savior, right? So you've got to be baptized in water. And so I love that. And when we and people ask us about that. In Titus chapter 3, verse 5, he declares this and he really makes it plain. He said, It's not by the works of righteousness which we've done, but according to his mercy, what did he do? He saved us. And by the what? Washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Death, burial, and resurrection. That's what I see. Amen. But it's by that, that washing 
of regeneration. Let me go a little further. In the Old Testament, the Bible speaks of this, talks about this exclusively, talks about the water of purification and the water of separation. Right? Anybody? Well, it is. And so just like we see the blood in the Old Testament, it is applied here at Calvary and applied here at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, it's fulfilled here, as we see. In the Old Testament, it talks about the water of purification. This was for worship. This was for to approach God. This was to come into the tabernacle. This was to for sickness and disease. This was for sin. You needed water of purification. You had to be bathed. You had to be washed. You had to wash away, come on, disease and sickness and that's how we made they made sure back in the old testament and and everybody else was uh, sure that you weren't sick anymore because you were cleansed you were examined by the priests and you were uh, made whole right and so we see that picture about water baptism in the old testament you're purified or you're cleansed you're separated or you're consecrated for service he speaks of this uh, when he talks about holiness and he talks about and Paul talks about circumcision we know what circumcision is and the Jews back then knew how serious and how important that was it meant that you were set apart it meant that you were part of God's people hello right you are now circumcised but it was a he's not talking about the outward he's talking about your heart there has been a what? Cutting away of the old sin, of the old nature, and now there is a new nature, right? Amen. Right? You're purified, you're cleansed, and you're separated. You're consecrated for service. So I want to just let you know that when you're water baptized, you're baptized in water, that there is this purification and separation to God. It is holiness and discipleship. Can you declare yourself holy? No. Can you do anything, works that would bring you holiness? No, it's his holiness, it's his righteousness. Come on, somebody. It's his goodness that I receive. It's not mine, it's his. It's his that cleanses me from the sin. It's his that makes me white as snow. It's his that cleanses my mind and touches my heart. It's this work of the spirit that's going on in my life as I'm water baptized. I can't do that myself, but I'm taking on his holiness. Now I, the Bible says, be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. How do you do that? Well, you got to follow the rules. you got to do this. No, you've you got to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and receive his holiness. Amen. So we're purified, we're cleansed. And so water baptism is that forsaking of our sins. That's a water of separation and discipleship. That Now you're saying, uh, Lord, not only do I receive the sacrifice of what you did at Calvary, but now I pledge my allegiance to you. You are not just my Savior, but now you're my Lord. How many know Jesus is Savior and Lord? Amen. And you're saying that when you get water baptized. You're saying that you have saved me from my sins, and I pledge allegiance to you alone. Amen. So it's in Christ alone, right? And it's to him alone that we live our lives. That's what we're saying. And so we're forsaking our sins. We're turning from our sins. And, and I love this third thing is that is this. It is a public profession and dedication to Jesus Christ. You know, there's something about the Lord I love that he wants us to come to him involuntary. He wants us to come on our own by our heart. But also, not only that, but he wants it to be real and genuine. He doesn't want you just to say, I believe in just another God. He's just another thing. He, he wants you to say he is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. There is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other life. Right? And when we're baptized in water, we make a public profession that I have not just our faith in Jesus Christ, but I pledge my allegiance to him alone. 
for the rest of my life, I am separated unto him, separated from sin. That's the purification. And now the dedication is I commit my life to Jesus Christ to be his servant, to be his disciple. He is my Lord. He is my teacher. He is my master. I am not just in this thing just to go to heaven, but he is my Lord. Amen. He is my saving king. That's what we're saying. Amen. So it's that public profession. There's something about Jesus that he wants us to make a public profession. Come on. How many know you can do a lot of things in secret, but when you do things openly, then everybody knows it. And there's something about salvation, amen, that you just don't say, well, you know, I, I kind of got online last night, I, I read about Christianity, and now uh, I'm, I'm a Christian. Amen. There's something that God wants you to make a public declara- declaration that he has forgiven your sins, right? That your new life is in Christ and your allegiance is to him alone. Amen. And so that's what it is. It is that public, it is a witness of my salvation, I'm letting everybody know that I'm saved. This isn't just a game. This isn't just a thing I believe in. This is, this is me being changed on the inside. This is me dedicating my life to Jesus Christ. I am publicly saying that I've repented from my sins. Jesus cleansed me from my sins. Come on. I am publicly declaring that I've been forgiven of my sins. I've received the shed blood of Jesus. And I am publicly saying that he's my Lord. That he is my God. I serve nobody else. I pledge my allegiance to him. And I will be his disciple. Amen. That's what it means. It is that public profession of forgiveness, new life in Christ, and allegiance to him. That's what it is, isn't it? It's that public declaration. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in front of people, I will be ashamed of you. There's something that we are, as Christians, we don't hide in a corner. We are not secret agents in this society, in this world we live in. We live out loud. Everybody should know who we believe in. And when you're baptized in water, you are making a public declaration that it's Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. That he is the son of God. That he is my savior. That he is the one that shed his blood for my sins. And I believe in him and him alone. I have thrown every other God out the window. I have done away with every other false worship and witchcraft and sorcery and sin. And every legal thing that was against me, I'm done with that. Now I live in Christ. Amen. The Bible says that I'm buried with him. I'm dying to that. Now I'm raised to newness of life and I'm living for him. I pledge my allegiance to Jesus Christ. That's what you're saying. Amen. I love that about the Lord. How many know God wants you to be very clear about what you believe in? This isn't, this isn't a society that, you know, we just kind of like, it's a little muddy what you believe in. We're all going our own journey. We all have our own little beliefs. No, the Lord wants us to be crystal clear. This is what we believe in. This is who we believe in. And this is where we're going. Amen. And so baptism has a way of doing that. You publicly profess Jesus is my Lord. Amen. And it's that cleansing of sins, receiving the life of Christ and declaring that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what a Christian means, a Christ follower. You can't be a Christ follower unless you're saved and baptized. Amen? A lot of people say they're Christians, but they haven't been saved and they haven't been baptized. The Bible says that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Amen. And so what it's saying is, is this public profession that I am forgiven, I'm a new person, I'm a Christ follower. How many know that's clear, isn't it? And you need to be bold about it. 
That, that's why I say, you know, that's why we don't just sprinkle here and there and just do a little thing. No, we, we, it's a bold, bold statement that we're making. And it is a clear symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because people will know who we believe in. People will know who we follow. We don't follow this guy. That, no, we follow the one who was buried. Who, who come on, who died, who was buried, and who rose again on the third day. That's who we follow. His name is Jesus, and I belong to him. Amen. I am his, and he is mine. That's what we're saying. We're forgiven, we're cleansed, we're made new. I just want to end and just as wind this down, that water baptism is also an outward picture of what has already occurred on the inside by calling upon Jesus as Lord. Amen. Amen, that's what it is. I've, I've repented. He's forgiven me. You know, there's, there's something about baptism. It is a witness to other people. Did you know that this was one of the things I did back in the day? Bring your friends. Do it out in the public. That's why John did it in, the, in River Jordan. Not because nobody had swimming pools back then. But be, and, and the synagogues didn't have water tanks. It's just that because you need to let everybody know that the old life that I lived... Amen, I'm laying down, I'm dying, and I'm coming out a new person. Amen, number one. Number two, it was to not just pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ and him alone, but it was also to declare, amen, to be a witness to other people, amen, that this is what I believe in, this is who I believe in, and that I'm going to follow this. This isn't just something that I'm just adding in my life. This is who I am now. Amen. And it is a witness of the gospel. When people look at your life and they see, why are you going down the water? Because Jesus went into the tomb, into the grave. Why? When you come out of that water like that, why? Because Jesus raised three days out after the tomb. He raised, he was raised again. Come on, he was resurrected. Amen. So, so it's, a, it's a sign and a witness to other people that this is the gospel. It is a gospel message. People can look at your life when you repent and be baptized. They can say, that's what the gospel is. That's why Peter stood up 40 days after Jesus was resurrected and when someone said, what do we have to do to be saved? He made it very clear. He said, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because it was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that saves us all. Hello. And so it is a witness to people. That's why we do it in public. It is a witness to people. Bring your friends, bring your family, because then all of a sudden it was a way to preach the gospel. It was a way to show them this is what the gospel looks like. This is exactly what it looks like. Amen? Amen. And I love that about water baptism, that he's my Savior, he's my Lord, and I am his. That's exactly what we're saying. How many believe in the, in the baptism of water, in baptism, amen, of water? I believe in that. I believe in that. I believe that as Paul said, that is... It is a work of God. It is that physical act that we do. It is that spiritual work of God. And it is that public profession of our faith that we need to be seeing today. I don't know about you, but there's, there's nothing that can separate the cross and the grave. And so there's nothing that should separate the message of Jesus Christ. When you call people to say, this is what you need to get saved. This is what you need to be talking about. You need to be saying exactly what Peter said. Repent and be baptized. That's exactly what Jesus said. Amen. It's not, hey, you know, you, you can, you know, just believe this and repeat after me. And then maybe a few years later, if you consider it, if you think it's okay, I think you should get baptized. That's not what the scriptures teach us. That's not what Jesus did. Amen. That's not what the gospel is all about. Jesus said this has to be done this way to fulfill and completely fulfill, amen, the plan of salvation that God has for every human being. Amen.
Come on, let's stand on our feet today. Just want to throw this out and, and, and just say this. That if there's something you're thinking about and you haven't been water baptized. You know, this is what's so important in the Christian walk. And that is this. Everything is done by faith. Amen. Hello. Everything's done by faith. It's out of a pure heart that we do this. As the Bible says, you know, in Hebrews, that there has been, we've had our conscience sprinkled with the blood. Amen. It's been washed. It's sincere. Amen. It's not something that someone, I did it because someone told me to. It's because I'm doing it by faith. It's by faith that I do it before the Lord. It's love and faith towards God. It's the first thing he said that we need to do. Amen. That we need to be baptized in water. And so when I do that, and when you say, just, there should be no question that I'm, I'm showing my love to the Lord and my faith towards God. And I, and I believe that we live in an hour, we live in a day, that we've got to become more clear yes. about Amen. who we're following, <laughs> what we believe. But we also have to have a more powerful message. Like messages, the gospel is so powerful. And have that clear message to call people out of darkness into his marvelous light. If we have a weak we have a mixed message. If we have a compromised message, how can we say people truly be converted to Jesus Christ? How can we really call ourselves Christians? Jesus wasn't a weak person. He didn't call people to mixture. He didn't say think about it. He didn't say, you know, if you want to have multiple gods, that's cool. You know, if you want, no, he just said, come and follow me. And this is the way you do it. Repent and be baptized. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're thinking about somebody who doesn't know the Lord. Maybe you know friends and family who don't know the Lord and it's just been hard for you. I want to just encourage you, just research and get into the, the, the message of baptism once again. Because I'm convinced that a lot of Christians have forgotten this. They don't live by this anymore. They just said, ah, I did it years ago. But you know, if we live by this, the Bible says that we continue not only to continue to live free from sin, but we live in this miracle of the gospel. We live in the freshness of what Jesus did at Calvary, don't we? We don't need Easter once a year to remind us. We have it every day. And so I'm, I'm just going to encourage you and, you know, keep, keep looking into this and say, Lord, I, I need to really make sure that the gospel message that I have in my life, it's so clear and that it comes out in such a clear way that people can be saved and converted to you. Amen? Right? How many, how many are praying for, I'm praying for people. How many people get saved? Amen? How many know it's not going to be, they can't pay money to get saved? Can't just come to church. It's not church attendance. It's just not, you know, doing good works. It's not about that. It's but believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today I also want to just say that those that are here and maybe you've been thinking about, you know, Jesus and who he is. Maybe you've been running from the Lord. Maybe you knew about the Lord. Maybe you've been in church. If you're listening online, maybe you've just had this experience at one time. You've drifted from the Lord. You forgot. I want you to come back. I want you to come back to the Father's house. Rededicate your life today and say, Jesus, amen, I've made some mistakes. I messed up. I fell. But I'm, I'm getting up today. I'm brushing off and I'm receiving your mercy and your grace today. And I'm coming back to the Father's house today. I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm so dead and cold to this that doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Come on. Amen. Amen. I mean, today's the day to be saved. Right now, not tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. Today's the day to be saved. And so if that's you, we'd love to pray with you and talk with you after the service. We have a prayer team coming up. And you say, Brother Matt, I have questions about Jesus. I have questions about being saved. If you're listening online, please get a hold of us. 
contact us, let us know. We want to talk with you. We want to pray with you. Amen. Can we just pray today and end the service and just seal this word? Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your great plan of salvation. I don't ever want to get to a place where it's old hat or it's a side issue where it's just, Lord, I want to be gospel-centered, Jesus-centered, Lord. Because, Lord, that's what it's all about. Not just once a year at Easter, but, Lord, it's every day for me. And I just pray that, Lord, this message of the gospel would continue to burn in our hearts. Call people to repentance and the wonderful, awesome experience of having their sins cleansed and forgiven and washed away a new life in Jesus and being born again, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just pray for that, Lord. We pray that you would just continue to, Lord, uh, bring people by our path that need to hear this, that need to hear you about you and and need to hear the gospel, Lord. We just pray that you would continue to open up doors for us and give us that boldness to go through those doors and say, yes, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth and the life. There's no way other to get to the Father except through Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We just thank you for it. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen Amen and Amen.